Hello everyone, it's Adam from Uberfort24 with episode 3 of The Beers, my weekly programme into life across the footballing industry, this industry that we all love and take great pleasure from being involved. Now I've got a great little episode lined up for you today. I'm here with Tony McMullen, who after his career in the UK has took his career on a slightly different path to others that some of you at home may have been on. Now, Tony, how are you doing? I'm not going to ask you where you are first. We'll, we'll keep that surprise for later. But how's everything over there today? Uh, hello, mate. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all good. It's, it's, very, it's very warm today. It's very, very warm. Oh. That's a little clue. It's, in fact, it's not a clue. <laughs> they won't get it from that one. No, they won't. No, they won't. Because where I am here in Ukraine, it's absolutely freezing today. I've got my jumpers oh, wow, on mate. and all sorts. Yeah. <laughs> so, so summer, summer definitely hasn't come. It's still winter, I think, over here today. But uh, anyway, before we get started, uh, just as always, I love big shout out to Stell at Shoot the Defence. Thank you, Stell, for all the work you do behind the scenes. Uh, allowing me to get my podcasts out to the wider world. So thanks to you. Uh, but Tony, of course, you're the, you're the star of the show tonight, today. Uh, oh, oh, I've, I've, never been, I've never been called that before. <laughs> I've been called a few things, but not that. Yeah, well, a priest, take your moment, mate. Take oh, your well, moment. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was, what was your pathway into football? I mean, you, like you say, we were talking earlier, you had, a, you had a long career in the UK. How did it all get started? Um. Through Bob the Milkman. Hey, Bob. <laughs> that's, that's, hey, thanks, Bob. <laughs> Bob the Milkman. Um, I was always playing football in the garden. I must have been about six or seven. And uh, my mum just, I, I mean, I don't, it's a bit worrying now looking back at it, but my mum was, my, my was talking to the Milkman, and, and uh, who, who was called Bob, and um, said, do you know of any local teams? And uh, Bob said, well, yeah, I've, I've got a lad about the same age. He's, you know, in this club, Stanway Villa. And um, so my mum took me took me to Stanway Villa when I was about seven uh, or eight, and um, yeah, you know, f- f- football back then it was back then. I'm not that old, but football back then was you know it was it was eleven v eleven straight off straight off the bat, and it was full pitch, full size goals, you know, mm-hmm. and it was it was just. Uh, I look back at it and I think what an absolute joke it you know it all was, but that's that's how it was done at the time, you know. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I just started from a very early age and um, uh, went on. I, I played for Stanway Villa for the best part of 10 years, actually, and um, got through into loads of representative teams like, uh, like Colchester, uh, Colchester District League, East Anglia. I went on to playing like loads of tournaments, uh, the Dana Cup in, in, uh, in, in Denmark, uh, Dallas Cup in America. Um, oh, all right. They play with some really good players. Ashley Young played with Ashley Young when I was when I was about eleven or twelve in those teams. Uh, Sonny Pike, who's just got a book out. I don't know if if you've ever heard of Sonny Pike, um, but he's just released a, a book. He was at Ajax when he mm-hmm. when he was a kid, and uh, Eric Eric the Monster was it was his agent. I, I don't oh, think he's yeah. I don't think he's with us any longer. Um, but yeah, he, he's he had a very interesting career. Uh, obviously, young English boy going to. Uh, Going to Holland and going going through the Ajax system, um, so yeah, played with him as well, um, and yeah, just 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 went through. had 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 lots of interest. I went down to Arsenal for a, for a, for a few weeks at one point, um, 
and yeah, you know, just, 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 I actually stopped playing when I was in the most important part of the development phase, about 14, 15, 16. Yeah. And I kind of just, I just fell out of love of football. Just didn't, I just didn't get that urge. I was playing for the Sunday league team. I was playing for a Saturday league team. I was playing for the school. I was playing for like three representative teams at the same time. And I was training almost every day. And I, I just, I, you know, I just thought, what, what, you know, I can't, I can't, I just, one morning I just thought, I don't want to go to training. And that, that was the first time I, I ever didn't want to go to training. So I had like a year or two out and I missed quite, quite a lot of development and, um, but, but, but found myself back, back into it and uh, back playing like um, Sunday league, actually, when I was like 16. Um, I then climbed up to semi-pro and climbed, climbed up to, to, to professional. So um, not, not, not your normal route into, I wasn't at an academy for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't sign, you know, professional forms at like 17 or, you know, I, 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 I almost went in through the back door, um, which is becoming increasingly difficult to do, I think. Well, you said, I mean, I'm here, I was talking recently to a guy who, who, who's gone through a ship shadow academy as he likes to talk it as well for these players now that don't go into the academies but the will the will then i like you say you're not too old but sort of the way the academies and youth football sort of exploded again what it looks like to me anyway over the last five years seems to be an immense change and it's great that people have been able to take these routes i've been talking to a number of players who've said like you said there, that key development era, even if something happens to you, that you still got the chance to to make it, to make it in the game and have a good career in the game. So like you said you were playing semi, uh, Sunday League, but where did your semi-pro career take you? Um, so I played for, I mean, God, my, my, my mates say I've, I've had more clubs than Tiger Woods and they'd be right <laughs> as well. They'd be right. And uh, I never, and <laughs> well, why was a, that though? Why was that? Uh, do you know what? It's it on the semi-pro circuit. Like things change all the time. Managers go like all the time, and mm-hmm. work commitments. And I was a goalkeeper, and um, like I said to you before uh, we started, I was I was in the police force, and you know, being a goalkeeper and not being able to guarantee a manager that I was I was going to be there every single Saturday or every single midweek game because of my shift pan. Um, wasn't didn't didn't really suit a lot of a, a lot a, a lot of managers because they just wanted a number one and and, and, mm-hmm. and that was it. So, you know, I, I found myself playing a few months here, a few months there, a couple of years here, a year, you know, and I, I kind of bounced around. So I played for like uh, like Northwest Counties, Northern Premier League teams. Uh, played uh, in Wales as well in the top top three divisions in Wales. Um, so yeah, I mean, I. I I traveled a lot, you know, met a lot of good people. Uh, won a couple of things, not, not too many things. I won a, well, a league cup at some point and um, yeah, but uh, I reckon I played about 350, 50 games. So um, yeah. I, that's, I, a good, I that's a good number. That is a good no, number. I, I done pretty well. I mean, I missed, I missed quite a lot, obviously from my work mm-hmm. and um but I was quite lucky with injuries, you know. I, I you know, I, I, I had the usual things: broken fingers, yeah. broken toes, um, and then I'd done like a like a. I had some ligament damage in my knee, which 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 I which I'd done twice in six months, and so that that kind of like uh, made me made me 
slightly lower than bang average <laughs> than I, I was bang average before I mean I was I was a level below bang average um and I broke I, I broke my foot like but I mean that that's that that, that was fine really it, it doesn't sound as bad as it as bad as it was in fact I finished the game I broke my foot didn't realize I broke my foot and uh, there was still 20 minutes left and I was like no I'm fine and then uh, my, my foot swelled up that much I couldn't get my boot off I had to go to the hospital and get it cut off and was, oh geez <laughs> about 100 quid on them boots and I was gutted <laughs> but at least you made it to the end of the match I did yeah and, and I think I think we won as well from memory. I think we won. Oh, brilliant! brilliant. I mean, and, in, and in true and in true semi-pro amateur style, we went back to the pub. Uh, we were playing away somewhere in North Wales. I think it might have been Clamberis. Um, but we went back to their, their their local pub where they had like a buffet spread, and you know. Um, cool. So yeah, I managed I managed I managed to wolf a few pork pies down before I went to hospital. <laughs> I, it's a great scene. The the, the non-league scene is such a great camaraderie between between the players and the the clubs and the the supporters as well do you do you miss that now at all oh hugely hugely and um it's only since i left the uk um that uh, i appreciate i appreciate the the scenarios and the situations that you know i found myself in when i was playing because you know you'd get I mean, you know, like like not depending on the club, like normal attendances would be around two hundred people or something, maybe a hundred, maybe fifty, maybe it could be more, three, four hundred, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you'd always have like this, like this co- committed committee um, attached to every every club, where like you know there'd be like seven or eight of them, and and they'd be like doing all kinds of stuff, and you know, all 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 the thankless tasks, you know, to to to, to keep football clubs afloat at that level, and. Um, you know the, the the relationships that you build with, with those people, I and mean, then it's only really when you know you kind of get into coaching or or you know you, you you kind of leave that bubble of of not playing anymore, and you actually really appreciate exactly what those people have done because you know they are the people those the, those little groups of people are you know are are the, are the life and soul of of non league of non league football. You know, they're, they're the guys and girls who who keep everything ticking over. Uh, so you mentioned there uh, about the work in the place sort of impacting on, you know, moving around and getting steady, steady jobs at clubs. And it's something that's, I mean, it's quite common knowledge in, a, in the non-league, in the semi-pro game, a number of players don't take that step up to the next level because they're enjoying their career uh, away from the game and trying to balance both. Was there any ever, any ever? Or was there ever any time, sorry, got my words mixed up there, ever any time when you thought about sort of taking the plunge and search for the, you know, the pro contract and putting the police force behind? Not not really, because when, when I was younger, when I was in my late teens and around 20, like I, I, I'd, I'd knocked around the, the, the pro game. I was like, you know, I spent a bit of time at TNS in North Wales and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, you know, and I, I went on so many, so many trials at different clubs. You know, uh, you know, I was living in. I went up to Scotland um, for about three months. I wasn't getting paid, but I was training every day. And you know, promise of a contract was coming. And then I'd go to another club. You know, and then I'd go to another club, spend two weeks and three weeks, and not nothing ever really materialised. So, I'd, so I just played at semi pro, um, and. You know, hand on heart, I was I was never I'm never really good enough to be 
uh, to get a pro contract. Really, um, I can I can remember I can remember Wrexham uh, actually inquired um, when I when I was playing in North Wales, and they were they were interested in in, in taking me on uh, on like a pro contract, but. It, it was not a lot of money. It really, it really was not a lot of money. And, um, you know, I would have been better off in Sainsbury's pushing trolleys, I think. Um, so I, 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 I never, it wouldn't have been for money because there was, there wasn't, the, yeah. there wasn't money in it. In fact, I was getting paid more, um, where I was. So, you know, there was no point. Um, and then I joined the police and then, I decided that football wasn't going to be my career. It wasn't going to be the breadwinner. I wasn't quite good enough. The opportunities weren't there. Um, so that's when I joined the police. So I, I, I made I made the decision there and then really to, to have a career outside of football and football would just be a bit of a bonus for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but quite, I mean, I, I played with quite a few players who, who, who had full-time wages by just, just playing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I think, I think they were quite happy with that. Uh, with the setup, really, so <laughs> certainly it's 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 incredible. You you know, say first of all, the opportunities that are available for people throughout throughout the leagues, and there's there's so many different pathways that people can follow, but also the money at some of the clubs down at sort of step six, step step seven. There are there are so many players that are able to to almost live a pro lifestyle on the on the semi pro time scale which is which yeah. brilliant if you can get the work brilliant if it you is, can get the work. Is. now of course you are in Latvia now you've been there for how many years is it uh cats out the bag now Latvia yeah for yeah. five five years this will be year five so what what brought you out there um so I was about 32 Let's get my maths right. Yeah, about thirty-two, and uh, for the last couple of years, I was I, I wasn't playing as much, um, and um, I wasn't enjoying my job at all in the police. It was it was very very difficult. Loads of cutbacks, and don't want don't want to get political, but almost everyone I worked with hated the job. You know, it was it was very very difficult, and it was so negative. It was so, and I just had this this little bit of a bit of a moment where. I thought I can't. I, I don't want to join the police. I, I don't. I don't want to stay in the police for the rest of my life because you know it's uh, uh, that would just see me off. I think. Um, so I, I started doing some coaching badges and started started networking and things like that, um, which led me to speaking to a guy called jo- uh, Justin Wally, uh, who was at who found who helped found uh, Riga United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows Justin. Yeah, uh, great and, book. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. I'm in the yes. book. I'm in the book. <laughs> uh, I was supposed to go to, a little later. <laughs> I, I was I was supposed to go to a job with him in the middle of nowhere, but that's that's a totally different story. <laughs> um, and uh, he said, "Look, I'm I'm moving on." He was the head coach of uh, of 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 uh, Rig United women's team, and he was like, "Would you be interested?" So we had a few chats. I I, I came over to visit him. I came over to um, have a look at the team and. I was like, yeah. So I got back on a plane, got back to the UK, sorted out all my bits and pieces, and then off I trotted yeah. to uh, Rig United. And that's that's that. That was my first two hundred and fifty euros a month um, for coaching job in Riga. Yeah, two hundred and fifty euros a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that? A li- I mean, is that a living wage? It covered my rent. It covered your rent, and then it covered my rent. And they yeah, chucked ch- 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 the food in at the club, did they? 
No, no, we didn't do any. They didn't do any of that. No. Oh so, man. Oh, so that's... yeah. So, so you know, I mean, I had a good job. I had a good house. I had a nice car. I had all these things, but I wasn't happy ultimately. Mm-hmm. And um, I just decided to 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 to, to throw my danglies out there and think, well got to make a change now so i did and it, it, it could it could it could have it could have not worked but thankfully it has um but i, I always came with the determination of making it work because um i've always had that mentality you know i'm i'm, I'm i come from a hard like a hard working family background and um everything that i ever had when i was a child it was worked for you know that like like i was raised really by my mum and uh things things were very difficult you know money was tight you know and so i i i appreciate hard work i appreciate every 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 pound coin has earned you know so i was determined to make it work absolutely determined and, and, and thankfully i did you know i got a bit lucky if you, if you there was a there was a there was a period where i was running out of savings and i thought i'm 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 struggling to, to to keep my head above water here and I, that i thought i might have to go back cap in hand um but i started working in a school doing some coaching some 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 after school uh coaching and then that led on to something and then that led on to something and then i i, I found myself in an in, in, a teaching full-time at an international school um so alongside my coaching so you know it's it's a uh, I've been a bit lucky, but you know you've got to put yourself out there, haven't you? And and, and ride and, and ride the wave a little bit. So, is this what in sort of inspired you to set up? I mean, is the academy was it you who set it up or working there? Or yeah, so it's basically um, the Premier Goalkeeping Academy. So I I just work on one to one mainly with goalkeepers. It's something that I started when I first came to Reed United. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I, ca- I, I, I came with nothing. I came with two bags. So I, I, I used their equipment and a, and, a, and a corner of their pitch. So I was doing a bit of work there and I was doing some work on my own and built up the academy. I worked with like some, some really good goalkeepers and like some grassroots goalkeepers who just want to improve. Um, but for the last couple of years, I've not, I've not really done a lot with it to be perfectly honest with you. I've, I've done enough to keep it ticking over. Um, but whilst I've been doing my outfield coaching badges, I've been more focusing on, 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 on yeah. being like, like a, like a outfield coach. So, yeah. Ah, fair. I mean, what's been the big, you know, first of all, I mean, what were the big hurdles when you first moved to the, you know, a new country? The, 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 the biggest one was the fact that I was an outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, and Latvia is quite a closed door to outsiders um it's still it's got so much better in the last five years you know but um you know there was no diversity here no ethnic diversity at all zero like literally zero um now there's quite a bit you can you know it's and it's nice you know it reminds me of being back in the uk um people feel more relaxed and it's a bit more friendly a bit more welcoming to people who aren't you know latvian or who aren't russian um but yeah, certainly, certainly the, the 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 fact that you're an outsider and just you get the door closed on your face or in your face, um, very very often, um, and the opportunities are very very far and few between, and you have to you have to grind out your own opportunities because you don't get anything. You you will not get given anything here. So, um, 
so yeah, it's about it's about it's about being here and then obviously putting yourself out there and then building these relationships, building the trust, the respect, and all these things. And then you know, slowly, 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 you start you start working your way into opportunities, and that's mm-hmm. that's how I found it. But that ultimately was the most difficult thing, and that's probably I'm still deemed an outsider now, even though I've been on the football circuit in Latvia for five years. I'm still probably deemed that guy that you know no one that no one really knows a lot about or you know doesn't really want to speak to me because you know, for whatever reason. How do you get on with the language? Uh, so, yeah, I don't really know any Russian. Um, my, my Latvian is, um, is sketchy, is sketchy. Um, I know enough, obviously, my, my, my kids go to school here. So, you know, I know enough to converse to teachers and to parents and mm. uh, to, to players, to young players. I, I, I find that I can, I can have a full-on conversation with uh any one of any one of like primary school age so that's that that's probably my level you know um because i'm i'm not i'm not perfect with pronunciation or or, or like the structure of sentences or anything like that but i i get the main words out there and mm. um you know kids are very forgiving you know that they'll just go along with it like you like you've said everything perfectly and you know you you you've just you've just aced it um, but then when you speak to an adult, they're like, they like look at you like, well, no, what, no, you've not said that right. Or, you know, no, what are you even talking about? You know, and it's like, or, or I'll, or I'll try to speak Latvian to someone. They'll just, they'll just respond to me in English straight away. Like, like they know, I, I don't know oh, yes. if, I, if, I, if my Latvian language sounds English <laughs> or whether I look English, I, I have, I have no idea, but, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite lucky in that respect because, because a lot of people know English um actually I've, I've just finished um i've just finished a coaching course uh with the latvian football federation and i think i think I, I don't know exactly but i think i'm the first uk or british citizen to complete a coaching course in latvia hey, congratulations but it was all in latvian it was all in latvian wow. so, for me, so for me to grasp everything was very very difficult and it's not like i said my general my gen, general things it's fine. You know, I, I understand, mm-hmm. um, you know, wh- when you're in a coaching course and they're going to find details and, you know, they start peeling off layers, like it's like peeling off layers of an onion, you know, it's like they get deeper and deeper into a certain thing. And then I'm hearing words that I have no, I, I don't, don't I don't know. I've never heard, I've never even heard that word before. Um, so it was very, very difficult. And I was very lucky because my tutor's English is absolutely spot on and all my work was submitted in English. Otherwise that would have been an absolute nightmare. But uh, yeah, 20, I think we had 20, 24 Zooms, 24 Zooms at all in Latvian. And oh, they wow. weren't like, and they weren't three hour Zooms. They were seven and eight, eight hour Zooms. Jeez. So <laughs> yeah, it was very, very, very difficult for me. But uh, yeah, so my, my, my general comprehension is okay. But, you know, it, um, I think it needs definite improvement. Let's put, let's put it that way. I, I say you, to go back to you know coaching the coaching the seniors how, how do you communicate with them then when how, how have you been communicating in english or in latvian or sort of a I, I always coach in english i always coach in english um there will be times where i might throw out a few phrases in latvian especially during a game or during a small-sided game and training but getting down to like the technical stuff and 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 and, and training on the, on you know on, on the daily basis just on the pitch it's, it's always in English mm-hmm. um, and like I said I'm lucky because the because the because the guys and the girls who I've worked with their English has been very good so 
obviously you get a few people who, who struggle with it. So I, I just I just make sure that everything gets relayed back to them in the, in you know in their own language, whether it be Latvian or Russian or you know whatever. So um, I'm, I'm I'm lucky really. I mean, football is a very universal language. But I mean, I'm I'm working at a club now. We've got a couple of um, in fact, we've got three Japanese players, and they don't they don't speak Latvian, Russian, or, or English very well. So. And uh, the, the communication is very, very difficult, but they they they, they, they get it in the end. You know, it, it takes yeah. them a few, uh, you know, but once you, de- once you do a few demos and things like that, you know, they, they, they understand. Oh, brilliant. And you mentioned uh, the, the girls as well. And obviously in England, uh, ladies football has exploded, absolutely exploded now. And it's great to see it all, you know, coming on to an equal footing with, with the men's game. Uh, What's what's it like? What's the situation like in Latvia? What what are the attitudes like towards the ladies' game over there? Um, it's 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 very difficult because there is that kind. There's, there is that's that's still that kind of old thinking mentality that women shouldn't even be on the football pitch. Uh, in some quarters, I'm not saying that's you know that's what it's like because there's a lot of work being done to try and help the development of the girls' game, the women's game, and um, you know I I know I know um, a couple of the, the guys and girls who who, who are help trying to trying to promote the game, and um, it's been difficult because there's not many teams, there's not that strength in depth. Um, the top tier for many years has been four or five teams, you know, and the second tier has been a similar amount of teams and then there is no third tier and there is no fourth tier. It stops there. So, you know, there's only a handful like really of, of teams and it's being dominated by one team, RFS, Riga Football School, um, who, who I would say they don't dominate the men's game, but they're always at the top end of the table in the men's game as well. The, the, one of the biggest clubs here. Um, but the women just turn up and they, and they win. You know, and it's been like that for many, many years, and it's not—it's not good really for the development of the game because they're winning like fifteen nil almost every game, and just they, and they have basically that the RFS team for many years has been the Latvian national team, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've always suggested to try, to try and break that up somehow because um, what you get is is that the RFS reserve team who were playing in the second tier were were the second best team in the country, you know. But those girls were very, very young and they had no development opportunities. And I was trying to encourage the Latvian Football Federation to um, loan out a, a good a good amount of these players to, to, to clubs in the first tier to make to, to, so they're playing against better, better players and you know they're developing and it's a bit more competitive and it all helps. But um, now RFS have they've still got their stranglehold on on the game, but uh, quite a few clubs have caught up and there's a few more teams that have developed and, you know, it's looking a lot like, uh, I think there's six teams in the, or six or seven teams in the first division and a similar number in the second division and, you know, no one's getting absolutely turned over, no one's getting whacked, you know, there's, there's, there's it's good, it's good, competitive and, uh, it's, it, you know, it's getting better. Some of the, some of the Latvian women's team players have gone to Iceland, they're playing full time, uh, a couple of went to Italy last year and, you know, that, that, that all helps as well because, you know, if you're a 15 or a 16 year old girl and you've got a talent, you want to play football, then now you can see the opportunity. Oh, well, I can go to Iceland or I can go to Italy and I can actually make a career out of this. So it gives them a bit more uh, of an added incentive to, to, to keep going. And, you know, we've probably lost that 
probably lost that dropout level that, that, that we once had because now people can see opportunities. Um, plus, I think the coaching's got a lot better. There's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, there's some very good coaches in the women's game and um, that, that all helps, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still a bit slow, but I, I, think, I think it's going in the right direction. I just hope it keeps going in the right direction, to be honest. Yeah, fingers crossed. We've got a similar situation here in Ukraine of actually next year all the the Premier League teams from the men's game are by statute now have to have a, a women's team as well that will will play in the women's Premier League. Some of them are, are linking up with some of the, the clubs that are already established and some are setting up brand new entities for next season, which hopefully will help. Hopefully, will help. Yeah, um, I, 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 I just hope those big clubs just don't take over the small clubs because uh, it'll be better if they create their own thing. Because you know, in in order for growth to happen, you just need you just need more players, don't you? That's 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 the thing, isn't it? So as as long as there's more players, as long as there's more players going in every year, you know, and then keeping those players uh, and and giving them the opportunity to, to to improve as well, you know, that's that's how that's how that's how it grows. And I I just I just hope that it works. Um, it would be great if, uh, if if a similar thing was 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 happening here. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a good it's a good idea. Fingers fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And the other the one I'm, I'm always curious about. Uh, obviously, you moved out from the UK. You know, what are the big differences have you noticed when you between the players and their attitudes towards football between the UK and the Latvian footballers? Um, in general, I mean. Football's the the number one sport in the UK, isn't it? Pretty much. I know, I know it might not be in Wales with rugby, or maybe not even in Scotland with rugby as well. But generally, it's the number one sport here. It's not. It's not the number one sport in hockey, basketball. Are a lot bigger uh, than football, and uh, even volleyball and floorball are probably seen above football as well. Um, so there's not that interest. There's not that culture. There's not that history. Um, like in the UK, like like no one ground shares, hardly anyone, even in non-league, like not like literally hardly anyone. Pretty much here, you know, because there's no facilities, there's no real infrastructure. You know, you get like six or seven clubs that call their home ground that you know the home ground, and it's like it's not though, you know. And um, you know, most of the pitches have got a running track because they have to be multi-sport facilities because they have to because obviously football's not not the number one sport. So you know, they, they get in through the side door by saying, "Oh, it's a multi-sport." You know, it's a multi-sport um, facility. Um, so you just haven't got that history, like that, like the clubs here. Um, they they seem to like fold after a few years, I and mean, then they just they just change the name, and then they change the name and change the name, and it's like. You know, that just wouldn't that just wouldn't happen in the UK. It's just these are just things that I'm not I'm not used to. You know, um, you know, a cl- I mean, like if a club changes its badge, you know, there's uproar. Do you know what I mean? There's absolute uproar because we don't, the people don't like the change. They just like the history, and the, you know, that's how it is, and that's how it should be. And to a certain degree, I I kind of miss that. I miss that because here it's like that the, the, they just change whenever whenever they need to change whenever they need to need to meet new criteria they just they just they just change it and whatever little bit of fan base or a little bit of culture or a little bit of like modern day history they've created is just just wiped off straight away and it's like they've got to start again. I just find that 
even now, I, I really struggle. I, I really struggle with it because I just I just don't understand it. I've not been brought up in this environment. I've been brought up mm. in a different environment, and I'm just not used to it. Um, and I don't like it. I really don't like it. Um, I mean, I think I think the oldest club in Latvia. I mean, I have no idea. It's probably 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 Ventspils, maybe uh, maybe twenty years old. I mean, I, I mean that's, that's that's it's a baby, isn't it? Really, in terms of, but they're like the oldest club, and that and that's. Um, one club I, I used to work at, uh, FS Meta, they've got like the biggest football school uh, in Latvia and probably the best football school in the Baltic States as well. Really, really good reputation. Um, they were founded in 2006, I think, and they're considered one of the older clubs. Okay. You know, it's like, it's just cra- absolutely crazy. You know, I've played, for, I've, I've played for some clubs in the UK that are over 100 years old. You know, it's like... It's just, it's just, it's no, just no identity, no identity with them. No, there's not, but it's not, it's not just it, that football has got no identity yeah. here. It's not just the clubs, it's the whole, it's the, from top to bottom, from the, the international men's teams, right all the way through to yeah. the amateur teams in the, in the, in the fourth league. You know, it's, it's, um, it's from top to bottom. It's, it's just not what I'm used to. It's not what I'm used to, you know, like, not like no one, no one seems, no one seems to be that, that, that if someone lose, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like, it's like this, uh, like not, not, I'm not saying everyone has this feeling where every team is like this or at every level it's like this, but you know, fo- football isn't, isn't everything here, you know, and it's not, and it's treated like that, you know, by, by players. Now the environments that I've been brought up in football is everything. Football is literally everything. You know, it comes, comes top of the pile and like everything. And, you know, you train at a hundred percent. You give everything, and it's like it's aggressive. It's angry. You don't leave anything. You know, and here, it's like all a little bit like. But that's life here. You know, it's a little bit slow. It's a little bit more relaxed, laissez-faire. Um, <laughs> but well, you know, that's. So, would you still recommend to people to come out? <laughs> that's the thing. Those people listening, thinking, would I, would I like to take the plunge? And you know. Following, following your footsteps, not not particularly to Latvia, for example, to anywhere in the globe. Would you recommend it to to people who are at crossroads with their careers back at home? hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I've I've al- I've always liked to gamble as well. You know, I've always liked to like like to you know do things a little bit differently and you know put myself out there because I. I bat, I know it sounds it might sound this might sound a little bit arrogant or or, or whatever but I I back myself mm-hmm. you know I I, be, I believe in myself I, you know I I back myself um, and I think I think if you're if you're of the same kind of uh, mold you know if you if you if you if you know that you're going to fight your way out of a corner if you know that you're going to you know ride the wave in the storm and, you know, put, put everything out there, then hundred percent do it. hundred percent do it. I mean, I, I wouldn't do anything half-hearted. I mean, I've, I've left, I've left jobs in the past co- coaching jobs because I didn't, I didn't feel it. And I didn't feel like I was giving my best because I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm all or nothing. That, that, that's, that's just me. And um, I think, I think if people are like that, um, then they should go for it. And if they, if they go into things a little bit half-hearted or, you know, uh, it's definitely not for you because you won't survive. I'm afraid. Um, but I mean, like a hundred percent. If you if you back yourself, um, 
you know, if you've got that little bit of confidence to try something new, then yeah, by by all by all means, yeah, go for it. I mean, why not? Jump in, it's a great old ride, isn't it? <laughs> you'll yeah. you'll have some you'll have some up days, you'll have some down days, but my God. Oh. So many opportunities out there for people. You know, you know, Adam. I get, I get messages. I wouldn't say on a daily basis, but I, you know, every every few days, someone contacts me on social media, normally Twitter, um, and uh, you know, they're like, "Oh, how did you get there?" How, you know, and 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 I and I have these conversations that can lead, like you know, into like weeks, days, you know, months, whatever. And ultimately, in in all their interest. No one I've spoken to, I don't think, has, has, has made that move. So there's always that interest. There's, there's always that interest. But really, when it comes down to it, you know, people are people just don't want to do it. And it's understand. I, I totally, I totally get that because you know, it, it's a big risk. You know, you've got people, people have maybe not even got a lot to lose, or got a lot to lose. It doesn't really matter. But they don't want, they don't want to lose what they've got, and you know, it's. I think I, I I think it's very I think it's I think I, I think it's I, I think it's if you can find an opportunity, then it's always worth just taking a bit of a risk, you know. Because I always think, what's the worst? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know, it's you have to weigh everything up. And I, I, I'm, what what I would say if it's if it's to do if you if you're looking at moving for football reasons, I would 100% say. Uh, I, I would give a couple of bits of advice and they would be make sure you have savings. Make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure that you have another qualification because if it doesn't work out in football or you need extra money, I, I got this advice and I've done my TEFL um, and things like that. So I can teach online English um, as a second language, which I have done at times um, and things like that because you always need something as a plan B because plan A doesn't always work out. Uh, sometimes plan A takes a little bit longer than expected, so plan B comes into effect. You know? <laughs> certainly does, certainly does. Very well said there, very well said. Now, you, make, you mentioned there uh, Twitter. Um, people listening who maybe want to follow, follow your story a bit more or maybe want to ask some advice, have one of these uh, conversations that can go into months, days or months. Um where would be the best place for them to follow you? Um, so yeah, on on Twitter it's TonyCat83, um, and yeah, I'm I'm on the I'm I'm on the my my uh, I, I think I, I don't really want to I'm not really that down with the lingo, but my DMs are open. Okay. Um, you know, it's not a locked account. You know, feel free to follow me. Feel free to message me if, if anyone's got any questions. Um, I'm I'm I, I get back to every single person. Um, you know that's not a problem. It, it could be it could be something trivial. It could be something serious. Whatever, you know, send me a message and um, I'll, I'll always give advice or help where I can. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks so much for today, Tony. It's been great, great chatting, great learning a bit about your journey and what's going on over there. And hopefully, you say you continue the good work in Latvia. What have you got planned next? So um, I'm just I've just started the job um, as assistant coach uh, to a club called Caramba, playing in the second league, mm-hmm. uh, and the aim is to win the league and get promoted into the first league. And they want to do that at the first attempt, so there's no pressure at all. Um, it's it's um, I'm, I've normally been a head coach to be honest, or a goalkeeper coach, and uh, this is my second assistant coach job. Um, 
and I really enjoyed the last one because the, the pressure's off a little bit. I can, I can, I'm not stressing so much about the game, but I'm actually watching it probably with, with, with clearer vision. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm probably gaining more uh, in-depth knowledge and experience from watching the games uh, as an assistant than, 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 than I was as, as a head coach. Um, so I've got in this head coach and uh, uh, sorry, as assistant coach and, Hopefully, hopefully we can get promoted. Um, you know, we, we've got um, a couple of African players, there's a few Asian players. Um, we've got a couple of a couple of ex-Latvian international players who are still under 35, uh, and a, and a few ex-pros as well. So we've got a really, really good balance. It's a really, really good balance, and they're, they're a very, very strong team. Um, so hopefully we get promoted and get get into the first league. That that would be fantastic. Uh, fingers crossed for you. Fingers crossed for you. Wish you. I mean, but, 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 but right now, I'm I'm actually making a fence. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm actually building my own fence. Just clear some milk for me there. Just um, not about the fence, about the football. Is it? It is a summer league, isn't it? Over up in like yeah, yeah, we're summer league. Um, so you're uh, just getting started now, or? Well, the 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 Virus League at the top league, they started um, in March, late March. Their season's quite long. It runs late March till about October. Um, this season, we no one else has started yet, and we haven't got a start date because we're still under restrictions. We're still under hey. restrictions. We can't we can't train in groups with more than ten still. Um, but that's apparently changing and our season will probably start at the end of June. Uh, what that means is I think there's going to be 13 teams in our league. So we'll have only one round. So we play 12 games and it will be a lottery as to whether you're playing home or away. You'll, you, you'll get five, uh, you know, a split of each. Um, and then the league will split into two. And then you, the top half will play top half, bottom half will play bottom half. And that's, that's how it's going to work. So there's only going to be like, uh, where are we, 17 games? which isn't a long season. So um, last season was exactly the same. Um, there was like 16 games in total. And that's, it's like, uh, it's not really a true reflection of a league, is it really? Because it's, it's very, it's very short amount of time, but obviously with COVID and stuff, you know, t- time, time is against us and things like that. So uh, it is what it is. It is. We're all doing, all doing the best we can. All we doing. are, mate. I'll, I'll let you get back to your fence now. <laughs> Hopefully the paint's dried now and I can get on get on with something else. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'll say thanks so much for joining us today. It's been been really enjoyable. Say no, great. thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. Thank you. Been great in- insight. And that's it for, for, for us today, everyone. I'm Madden McCall, so Equifoot24. You can follow me across all the social medias. But till next time, take care and stay safe. Goodbye for now.